So hello and welcome to another edition of the Homeschool Educational Supplement that we know as Interesting Stuff, where we look at topics that are a little bit off the wall. I'd like to apologize if you've got a little background noise buzzing through the system where you're listening to this, but there's um, cars spinning up and down the road and um, aircraft flying low overhead with their landing gear down so um we'll try to grin and bear it and get through it all and um learn something together oh yeah and the topic today we will be looking at the incas and their temples you know i was going to subtitle this um or even title this the buildings that jumped but then it would be too abstract and wouldn't make much sense, but we'll get into why that is in a little bit of a study of history. So here we go. Now, standing on a high ridge in the Peruvian Andes is a city that you might know as Machu Picchu, the lost city of the Incas, which was built of white granite blocks fitted precisely together without the use of any mortar or any kind of visible gluey type substance, which is just another one of those mysteries of history. Anyway, on three sides of the great city, its rock walls plunge 1,000 feet into gorges, and its now ruined temples and palaces and houses were once linked together by more than 3,000 steps. The city itself was only rediscovered by Western travelers in 1911, and the slopes around the building are built in a series of spectacular dry stone terraces. And I imagine at some point in time you've probably seen some photographs of what it looks like. It's definitely one of those must-visit places. About the culture itself, we don't know too much, but the economy appeared to be based on farming. The terraces, which were networked with a series of irrigation canals and stairways. And the crops that they had, well, we reckon them to be maize and beans. And as I said, a lot of the history is lost, but we are continually digging up more and more pieces of evidence. So we do have some information. For example, from around 1438 to 1533, the Incas we know incorporated a large portion of Western South America centered on the Andean mountains. And they used conquest and peaceful assimilation among other methods of cultural development. At its largest, the empire joined Peru, western Ecuador, western and south-central Bolivia, northwest Argentina, and a large portion of what is today Chile. So it's probably worth getting a little map out and uh, checking out just how large it was. Its official language was Chechua. I've probably pronounced that wrong. And as far as religion goes, there were many local forms of worship that persisted in temples. But most of the leadership appear to have encouraged worship of a sun god, which they viewed as sovereign above all other cults. And it's also interesting to note how many 
of the ancient civilizations around the world actually did worship a sun god or even the son of a sun god. Now, the large Incan Empire functioned mostly without money and without markets. Instead, exchange of goods and services was based on reciprocity between individuals and among individuals, groups, and the ruling classes. Taxes consisted of a labor obligation of a person to the empire. The Inca rulers, who theoretically owned all the means of production, reciprocated by granting access to land and goods and providing food and drink in celebratory feasts for their subjects. Hmm. And it does sound a little bit like communism to me. But you know what? If you're happy, you're happy. Now, to put the building genius of the Incas into perspective, it's worth noting that on the 21st of May, 1950, there was a giant earthquake in the center of what would have been the Incan Empire. And although the modern buildings of the region were completely devastated, the ancient stone foundations on which they were built, including the walls of all the Incan temples, stood up to the worst of the shocks. So did they know something that we don't? Well, the Incas were master stonemasons who employed two main techniques for building their fortresses and temples. In one, irregularly shaped blocks of granite, some weighing up to 100 tons, were fitted together without the use of any mortars. And in the event of an earthquake, the huge interlocking stones simply jumped up and then settled back down into place as if nothing had ever happened. The other method of building was to use smaller rectangular blocks of stone laid horizontally and held together with small joints. The great age of Inca building was in the 15th and early 16th centuries, when the empire was at its height. Granite blocks, which came from the quarries round Cusco, were roughly hewn and transported to the capital on sledges dragged by vast teams of workmen. As the Incas did not have iron or wheeled transport, you know, that's kind of a question, really, because I'm one of those people who doesn't believe that the wheel is a modern invention. I'm pretty sure that there's enough evidence now, which <laughs> means it's not really a belief, is it, that... Um, the wheel has always been around and has been used by all cultures. But, um, you know, if you believe that they build temples at the top of mountains and they didn't have wheels, then um, okay. But um, let's go with the story. As the Incas did not theoretically have iron or wheeled transport, wooden rollers and levers were used when the sledges became stuck in ruts or when the workmen had difficulty in pulling them up rocky inclines. And it must have been a hell of a job pulling them up those mountains. I mean, if you've seen pictures, like the, the mountain just goes straight up. So um, you had build some real muscles doing that work. Once the blocks had been cut and dressed, huge teams of workmen hauled them on rollers to the sides of the walls. As soon as the bottom course of stones had been laid, an earthen ramp was built, which the next course of stones was dragged up. This was done by a squad of workers at the front, harnessed to ropes tied to the stones, while a squad at the back used stout wooden levers to propel the stones along. 
It's theorized that on reaching the gap where it had to be placed, each stone was upended and levered into position. However, it would also have been possible to use a pulley system in order to lift the heavy blocks. And if you want an example of this, it's worth searching online for a man called Edward Leed Skalnin, who built his own castle in Florida in the early 20th century. And to build the castle, he had to lift huge stone blocks, which he did by simply creating his own little pulley system. So um, search that out if you want to see how um, some really interesting physics works. And he was a pretty mysterious and interesting person as well. But um, I'll leave that to you to go and search. Back to the Incas. The Incas' domestic buildings, usually rectangular in form, were built mainly with local stone. Typical features included trapezoid doors and windows, broader at the bottom than at the top, which together with beveled edges of stone made spectacular patterns of shadows as the sun blazed across the sky and cast down on the culture. Now, obviously, to be able to create such buildings and such art, they needed some form of measurement and mathematics. And their physical measures were based on human body parts. Units included fingers, for example, the distance from the thumb to the forefinger, and palms and cubits, and also wingspans. The most basic unit of distance that they used was one pace, which makes you wonder how you would really measure it exactly the same if you had one tall person and one short person. But never mind, I'm sure they had some kind of standardization. And to measure larger areas, they used wingspans. It also seems likely that distance was often interpreted by one day's walk. For example, the distance between certain way stations or stopping points varies widely in terms of physical distance as the crow flies, but far less in terms of time to actually walk that distance. So I guess they used what worked, and it seemed to work quite well. And of course, because much is unknown about the culture, there are many mysteries and myths that surround who they were and what they worshipped and how they built their buildings. Because it's obvious that architecture was extremely important to the Incans, with a lot of their surviving textiles reflecting architectural motifs. And most people who have studied Machu Picchu will tell you that it appears to have been constructed by expert engineers. Especially as the prime Inca structures were made of stone blocks that fitted together so well that a knife could not be placed between the stonework. And add to that that these constructions have survived for centuries and you have a little bit of a historical puzzle there. Sadly, due to wars in the neighboring regions, the civilization that we know as the Incas was eventually wiped out. In 1572, the last Inca stronghold was conquered and the last ruler was captured and executed. This ended any resistance to the Spanish conquest of South America and so ended any political authority that the Incas had. 
After the fall of the Inca Empire, many aspects of the culture were unfortunately systematically destroyed. Why do we do this? Why do we do this in history? It's such a terrible thing. Anyway, the destruction included their sophisticated farming system, known as the vertical archipelago model, and families were also broken apart as one member of each family was forced under Spanish rule to work in the gold and silver mines that were set up. Sadly, the effects of smallpox were also devastating, and uh, beginning in Colombia, smallpox spread rapidly, even before Spanish invaders first arrived in the empire. And it's interesting to note how a disease can kill a culture just as effectively as a standing army. And that's that. Today's session lesson was just to highlight the Incas and their amazing ability to build constructions that would be hard to create even by today's architectural standards. And so hopefully that gave you something to think about. Remember, as always, under the video you will find some comprehension questions related to the topic and if you would like a different subject, then drop me a line and let me know. Wherever you are, I wish you a great day. Take care, and I'll speak to you again soon.